Welcome to Uncle Bob's Magic Cabinet, a mother-daughter podcast on all things magic and pop culture. And we're on. You have the giggles today, girl. I can't. I can't stop. It's usually me. It is. I know. <laughs> I had to start this over like ten times. We've swapped. Hey everyone, I'm Liam, the daughter. I'm Lauren, the mom. What's up, girl? What's going on? Uh, nothing. I uh, my one nostril <laughs> has been clogged today. Yeah. So I might sound a little like Kermit the Frog esque. Little um, gruff. Little. Oh, do I sound like mysterious? <laughs> no, 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 like, um, no. <laughs> that wasn't it. That's not what I was going for. And no, <laughs> I just shut down. <laughs> I don't know what I sound like. I don't sound like myself. I sound different. So there's that. Yeah. The sexy, mysterious version of Lee is what I'm going to say in oh, my okay. head. Is that you're, what you're saying? Yeah. All right. Uh, so hey we were just talking before this and i have to get it out because i don't think we've ever talked about this yet on the podcast what is it we were reminiscing so two things Uh and they're gonna sound really hilarious are they without context really one that one time (laughs) we met bruce springsteen on a new jersey boardwalk oh my gosh and two that time (laughs) you almost hit bob seeker with your car Jesus, Leanne, airing my dirty laundry. <laughs> Jake just brought this up and I can't get it out of my head. So we have to talk about it. Which one do you want to take a stab at first? Um, well, let's go with the Bruce Springsteen. You and Bob or Bruce? Bob or Bob Bruce. Or Bruce. So there's this long running uh, thing that, you know, um, I'm not a fan. Not a fan of Bruce Springsteen. Of his music? Of his music. Okay. Not of him as a person. I don't know him as a person. I'm sure he's very lovely. But I'm just not a, you know, a Bruce Springsteen fan, like musically. Right. I do love the Pete Seeger sessions that he does mm-hmm. out of Ireland. That's great. That's very nice uh, of you. I do. I do like that. But I'm just not a, a, a big fan of Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. So. so whenever Uncle Bob's opens up a P.O. box, feel free to send all of your Bruce Springsteen <laughs> fan art and merch to Laura. We've we've contemplated buying her a cardboard cutout. Him and him and Tracy Chapman. That's <laughs> she also loves Tracy Chapman. Fast car is her favorite song. <laughs> so if you would like to send in your rendition of Fast Car by Tracy Chapman, please, please send it our way. Oh my gosh, hilarious. Okay anyway back to bruce so anyway long well no this this is a long story so uh you know i'm a massage therapist i'm a licensed massage therapist and i spent seven years um working backstage Mm -hmm. at different concert venues massaging um vips right tell it girl okay you tell it girl so um i was actually called backstage a few years back to uh for for bruce springsteen and we were like dying of laughter dying of laughter because <laughs> not a fan i'm not a fan of bruce uh, his music so but i was excited 
what I was excited about. You're laughing at me because this is so hilarious. So what I was what I was really excited about was the fact that I'm a huge Sopranos fan. You are. And little Steve Van Zant. Yeah. Plays for Bruce. And so I got to meet him in catering and I was, you know, starstruck, starstruck, made my damn day, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. on the bucket list there. Old Silvio. Yeah. So let's fast forward a few years when you and I decide to take a mom daughter trip to uh, do the Kevin Smith tour. Of New Jersey. Of New Jersey. So I had to go to Philadelphia for um, some business, and we decided to make some fun of it and go on the Kevin Smith tour because we love Kevin Smith. We sure do. So we went to the Quick Stop. (gasps) Yes. Yes. And we went to Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash. Mm -hmm. And you uh, ran into someone there. And you said to the cashier, is that the tell him the Steve Dave, tell him Steve Dave, tell him Steve Dave. Yeah. And he's like, Walt, these ladies would like to meet you. (laughs) He comes out in his sweatpants and Lee's like, can I get my picture taken with you? Oh my God. (laughs) So you met, uh, yeah. So you met the dude from Kevin Smith and he's on the, um, I think the comic book guys. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then we decided to go where else we went to the asbury park boardwalk because a bunch of kevin smith movies were filmed there and so we're walking down picture it it's like april so not a lot of people were on the Mm -hmm. boardwalk actually i don't know if we saw anyone else on the boardwalk not a lot of shops were open one shop one shop and it was an herb shop it was an herb shop and i was like drawn to it like a fly to honey you were so anywho (laughs) and we said what's there to do around here and he said, do you like Bruce Springsteen? Because obviously Bruce Springsteen is from New Jersey. So you were in, you know, uh-huh. you were feeling good. And I was like, no, not really. So as we're walking away, we're walking down the boardwalk. You see this old abandoned building mm-hmm. and you were curious about it. It was and gorgeous. There was this guy. Copper patina. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> Rail it in. Yeah. Um, you see this guy mm-hmm. taking photos of the building. So mm-hmm. she stops him and goes, hey, I was just curious, like, what was what's, this building? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the story? And he turns around and it's motherfucking Bruce Springsteen. It sure was. Now, I am also not the biggest. F- I'm indifferent. Okay. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. seems fine. Yeah. His yeah, music. Seems like a nice guy. I love I'm on fire. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Okay. But he turns around and all that comes out of my mouth is holy. It's a motherfucking Bruce Springsteen. Literally, I said, holy shit, you're Bruce Springsteen, right to his face. And he bolts like, like Sasquatch (laughs) in the middle of the woods. Like he's like, he jogs. Yeah. I think he thought we were fans. And I wanted to say, no, not a fan, Bruce. Hey, buddy. No worries. No worries. Hey, we're good. We're good here. Hey, I massaged you a few years ago. (laughs) Um, yeah, so then he bolted and his, like, security, you know, followed. And that's the time that we got mistaken for, you know, crazy Bruce Springsteen fans. Yeah, and we just really weren't. Yeah. <laughs> we so. just really weren't. Yeah. So there's that. We were excited because there was a couple episodes of The Sopranos that were filmed there. And yeah. as well as Dogma. Because, again, Kevin Smith fans. Now, had that been your favorite New Jersey person mr frankie valley oh i love frankie that valley would have been a whole different story i still probably would have embarrassed myself because i always find a way you know 
I always work it in there. But you do love some Frankie Valley. I love Frankie you Valley. Sure do. Okay, so on to Bob Seeger. Oh my gosh. So okay, so there was another time that I was called out to um, massage for the Bob Seeger troops um, when he was in concert, and it was it's kind of it's an interesting thing because sometimes. Um, what would happen is you would get a call and say, Hey, you know, these people decided that they want to massage therapists on staff mm-hmm. and it like, you could maybe not massage anybody. You could right. sit there for like five or six hours and see no one. And it's not just the person that's performing. It right. could be the stage manager, anybody like mm-hmm. that you were there for. They want the option. They want the option. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, I would get a call and they'd be like, you need to be here in an hour. And so that was what happened with the Bob Seeger <laughs> incident of 2012. Now, uh-huh. um, so anyway, I get down there and it's pouring down rain. Mm-hmm. And I had your car, which was called Layla. Her name was Layla. Her name was Layla. Um, and so it's pouring down rain and I didn't know where to go and there was no one to direct me. And so I finally find someone and she's like, no, you're in the wrong place. You need to go over here. And so I'm like, I'm late and I need to be in there. And I'm like, my anxiety is like, oh my God, I wasn't feeling very Zen at the time. So I get in the car and I like put in reverse to back up and gosh darn it, I almost ran over with Bob Seeger. And <laughs> he was just trying was to get the wrong- to the venue. <laughs> He's trying to get to the venue, and here I am, almost hit into his uh, his vehicular. So. Can you imagine if you and the were... lady comes out and she's like waving her arms? Oh my god, no! And I'm like, oh, this just—it's no. the talent. Stop! <laughs> You're in the wrong parking spot. Oh my god, poor Bob. <laughs> oh, when yeah. Layla met Bob. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I love some, that story. Do you? I really do. It's a good one. So now, just <laughs> randomly, I'll just be like, turn the page, just to remind her that she almost killed an American icon. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. And there you go. Oh, the stories we have, girl. We have we some really stories. We really do. We do. It's been a wild ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because remember when, but remember our trip to New Jersey, we went to the quickie stop, right? The, qu- <laughs> the quick stop. I like to call it the quickie stop. <laughs> It's the quickie stop. <laughs> Do you know what a quickie is? <laughs> Listen, guys. She what? It's dirty. It's, it's <laughs> oh, no. The quickie stop. <laughs> the quick stop. <laughs> and and I'm crying. Yeah, and I'm trying to drive in New Jersey. And that old lady, she was like 80 years old and she flipped me the bird. Dude, New Jersey she drivers like, are playing. Get the hell playing. out of my way, bitch. Yeah, they're not playing. Oh beep, beep, motherfucker. <laughs> get out of my way. Like, you know, I'm like a Sunday driver. Ooh, look, there's the quick stop. Ooh, look, there's Leonardo. Excuse me, the quickie stop. <laughs> the quickie stop. Oh my God. You're so, <sighs> you're just so pure. Yeah, we went to Red Bank. It was a good time. <laughs> you're so pure oh sweet lord oh i wish oh my god all right well on that note (laughs) that was our diatribe for for the evening and you're welcome all right what are we talking about today what are we talking about I thought we were gonna i thought you were gonna lead in with one of your crazy stories what do i have 
Um, you just went to see Kurt Cobain's house. What happened there? Oh, do you want I'm me there, to girl? You want me to tell that? I, well, yeah. All right. Long story short, and how you and Jake perpetrated a plot <laughs> to fool me. Okay, so mm-hmm. long story short, me and Jake. <laughs> picture this me and jake go to see kurt cobain's house which weirdly someone lives there now so it feels kind of odd because you're like (laughs) kind of creeping hi hello i'm here for pie and coffee (laughs) here for photo op (laughs) my god (laughs) but there's a bench so we saw the bench you know people leave little notes um and we have love killed kurt Kurt cobain (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) thank you for that um yeah you're not wrong no i'm just kidding um (laughs) so we see the bench we had the dog with us and i'm like ah it says there's a park down here Mm -hmm. on the map so Mm -hmm. we walk down to the park it all it said on the fucking map was scenic view (laughs) and good for picnics (laughs) okay keep that in mind so we get down there we're approaching and i see someone standing there just like (laughs) freeze a bird and i'm like is that guy naked and i'm like all right whatever i guess you know so we we keep walking everyone's naked fucking it's a fucking nude beach we stumbled upon a nude beach no signs no again good for picnics gives free willy a whole new context the, the real quickie stop no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding um, I have nothing against it, but when you're not expecting it, hysterical. <laughs> you have to prepare for that shit. Well, you kind of, you know, uh-huh. either you want to join in <laughs> or you're just not into it. Right. Just to be there with your clothes on felt like I was, I felt odd. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm not supposed to be here. You know? Yeah. That's what I call Cause getting. clothed. Because I have clothes on and it feels weird. Like you're being creepy yeah. when you have clothes on. Right. Do you know what I mean? On a nude beach. Yeah, getting a slice of the old dick pie. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there was a lot of stuff happening there. Yeah. So uh, my plot was to not tell Lore mm-hmm. and just to tell her that we stumbled upon a great view, which, hey, it was a great view of the mountains. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Peaks and valleys. Peaks and valleys. Mm-hmm. Yes. There were some water aerobics happening. So you were just going to take me there. I thought maybe you could find a roof thatcher. <laughs> A roof thatcher. <laughs> roof thatcher. Oh my god. Hilarious. So yeah, that's welcome to Seattle. <laughs> welcome to Seattle. Uh sweet. All oh, right. We're learning all kinds of new things. So now that you have all of those fun stories. Yeah. Uh on to the topic. On to the topic. We're talking about the haunting of Hill House. Love it. What do you think about that? Dude, I love this series so much. I thought it was so great. So great. Uh, the acting, the plot, I feel like it hadn't been done before. And when it first came out, we talked about it because there was a movie yeah, called The Haunting. Piece of trash. I thought it was okay. Nope. Uh, you're like, nope. <laughs> you were wrong. <laughs> Siskel and Ebert say, up, down. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I didn't think it was bad. Mr. Liam Neeson and... Uh, Mr. Owen Wilson. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's the part of Catherine the, uh, Zeta. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. We can go on. But anyway, it was uh, about Hill House. So I loved their take on it in the series and the character development and the family. I mean, it was just so freaking good. Yeah. So the movie, so it's based on a book by Shirley Jackson. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, and so there was a movie in 1999, I believe, just called The Haunting. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I do not think that it's worth a watch. Lore begs to differ. Jake's indifferent. So take yeah, take what you will from that. Right. Um, so I was excited when this came out. It mm-hmm. came out in 2018. Mm-hmm. And it is considered a horror series. But it's a Netflix original. Right. And I think it's the best they've done. I thought it was very original. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Like it was a... What? Yes. What, guys? Come on. Yes. Talking about me today. I'm sorry. That was a good one. <laughs> the Netflix original was original. It was very original. <laughs> oh my god. Um, <laughs> we can't keep it together today. Do I sound Get like Kermit the Frog? Together. You better tell me right now. No, I don't think okay. so. <laughs> Get the sniffles. What was that? You just snorted. <laughs> I'm trying to uh, breathe through my nose. Off the charts, woman. <laughs> a bit. Okay. Anywho, Haunting of Hill House. So I wanted to do this. Mm-hmm. Laura wanted to do, she wanted me to do the show and her to do the movie. But I said, it's not worth it. <laughs> you said, absolutely not. <laughs> Don't even do it. To use my own words against me, cinematic piece of crap is what you would say <laughs> yes. about it. I thought it was okay. All right, go on. <laughs> Anywho, um, so we decided to each pick a character mm-hmm. from this series. series. So I'm going to give you the rundown, um, and then I'm going to go into my character, mm-hmm. and we can get it popping. Mm-hmm. All right, so Haunting of Hill House, um, like I said, 2018, which is the year me and Jake got married, so it's Wonderful. very sentimental to me, because yeah. it came out like in, in September, in yeah. spooky season. Mm-hmm. So I will say... There are a lot of twists in this show, and we are going to spoil the biggest one in this episode. So here's your spoiler warning. Right. You will be upset if you have not seen this and you hear this spoiler. So, you know, Mm -hmm. you make that decision. Right. Also, trigger warning, there is going to be talks of um, drug addiction, suicide, and stuff like that. So if that's something you're not comfortable with, Mm -hmm. you might want to shit dish one out. Yeah. So it is, again, based on the novel, which I have not read, so can't speak on Mm. that. But the cast, are you ready? I'm ready. Let me clear my throat. Me, 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 me. We've got Henry Thomas as young Hugh Crane. And he was in E.T. E.T. phone home, yes. Uh, Timothy Hutton as old Hugh Crane. So this show has time hops. So mm-hmm. you see present day and then they flip back to when this family that we're following was younger. So that's why you have, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't write down. So like the 70s? I assume. 70s, but, 80s? Yeah, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. So we have Carla oh boy, Guagino. Not mm-hmm. sure. As Olivia, who is the mother. Um, and her and Hugh flip houses, mm-hmm. basically. Before it was cool. Before it was cool. They could yeah. have had their own HGTV special. They They're good at it. Um, you have Michael Huseman as Stephen, the oldest brother um, of five children. He is, in present day, he is a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he writes about haunted places. Mm-hmm. But believes in none of it. But believes in none of it. And then you have Elizabeth Reeser as Shirley, who is a funeral home owner. Mm-hmm. In present day, you have Kate Siegel as Theodora, who is a child psychologist. Right. You have Oliver Jackson Cohen as Luke, 
who struggles with drug addiction. And you have Victoria Pedretti as Nell, um, who suffers from night terrors. Mm-hmm. What would you call Sleep it? Paralysis. Sleep paralysis. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, Nell and Luke are twins. And yes. They are the youngest. Mm-hmm. So there's 10 episodes to this series. Right. Um, and the first seven each focus on one character of mm-hmm. this family. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the rundown is um, they, like I said, the parents flip houses. So mm-hmm. they all move, I guess, in the 70s. 70s, I don't 80s. Know. That's a guess. Somewhere yeah. around there. They move into this house known as the Hill House. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very haunted. Right. Like, Did they actually, know that before they move in? No. But all you have to do is walk in the front door and be like, and I'm out. All you have to do is look at it from the street and I'd be like, mm, I think I'm good. It's like the Eddie Murphy skit. <laughs> nope. The toilet's bleeding and the walls are, <laughs> and I'm out. And for yeah. that reason, I'm out. Yeah, um, it's like a mansion. Um, it's creepy as hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, small little fact check. The events that took place in the past occurred in 1992. Well, oh, shit. Well, hell. You said the 70s. I said the 70s. Well, Look her, her clothing. You looked... know what? I'm ashamed. I should know my 90s. God. Damn it, Leanne. How, how could You're I? slipping. I'm slipping. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anywho, okay, 1992 All is right. the past. Mm-hmm. All right, so in 1992, they move into this haunted-ass house. It's filled with, you know, remnants of the old people, you know, the people the that live there. Everything's there. Clothes. I know, weird. Um, so obviously, you know, what the hell is that about? And then there's all these weird statues. It's creepy. Creepy. It's creepy, guys. And monstrous. It's so huge. It's massive. Yeah. I don't know how you would even, they were like planning on flipping it in one summer. I'm thinking, how? Yeah. (laughs) Bitch, how? They were supposed to be there for six weeks. Exactly. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) Where? Ugh. Okay. I clean my house in six weeks now. (laughs) (laughs) So... Uh, in the 90s, they lived in the house for a short time, and it was very haunted, and a lot of bad stuff happened, which mm-hmm. you find out throughout the entire series. Mm-hmm. Um, flash to present day, the family is estranged. Mm-hmm. Um, you realize that the mother has passed away. It is insinuated that she has committed suicide, right? Um, and she did so in the house. Correct. Um, the children do not speak to the father, mm-hmm. and some of the children are, you know, it, right. It, stuff's not good. Yeah, dysfunctionality at its finest. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but now a tragedy has brought them together mm-hmm. to face what happened in Hill House years ago. So the series, you're really, you know, you start in present day, but then you're flashing back to follow along what happened in Hill House and mm-hmm. why it's so meshed up. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be speaking about Nell. That's that's your character pick. That's yeah. yeah. So when we decided to talk about this, we each, you know, because the episodes focus on a character, mm-hmm. we said, why don't we each pick the character that we relate to the most? Right. Um, I picked Nell and you picked Luke, which they happen to be the twins. Right. So that works out. I think we could do episodes on everyone. Oh, for sure. There's yeah. magic throughout this whole series. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, these are my favorites. Yeah. All right. For sure. So let's jump into it. Jump on in, girl. Okay, so my episode is episode five, entitled The Bent Neck Lady. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Nell is technically not 
is she technically the youngest? She is the youngest. So Luke was born before her. 90 seconds. 90 seconds. So technically she is the itty bitty baby of this family. Right. Okay. By 90 seconds. Yes, by 90 whole seconds. A 90. I would say that she's the most innocent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or her and Luke right. are the two innocents. Right. Um, so while living in the house, um, one night she is sleeping, her and Luke share a bedroom Mm -hmm. and they're like six years old. Right. Okay. Exactly. In 1992. Thanks, Jacob. Mm -hmm. Um, and at the foot of her bed one night, she wakes up abruptly and at the foot of her bed is this scary looking ghost lady with a bent neck. Yeah. And terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. If I woke up and saw that at the foot of my bed, I would sharp myself. (laughs) Dude, I'd never sleep again. I would never, you know what? And it's been a good run. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nell starts calling her the bent neck lady. Right. Um, she screams. She, you know, you mm-hmm. can't really ever see, you don't see her face. Right. Um, but she doesn't look, she doesn't look great. She doesn't look happy. No, it looks as if her neck has been broken, obviously. Yeah. Um, she drops in on Nell multiple times throughout her life. Um, and therefore even into adulthood, like I said, she's like haunted by this bent neck lady Mm -hmm. and she has sleep paralysis where she'll wake up and she'll see the bent neck lady and she can't move. Like right above her. Right above her. Like I'm talking. I can feel that breath. There are no six feet. No. Happening there. No. Hey, social distance. No social distancing. Up in my personal. (laughs) Up in my personal space. That's correct. Um. Yeah, so again, Nell is kind of unhinged Mm -hmm, (laughs) because mm -hmm. she has been haunted by this woman ever since she was six years old. Um, Other stuff happens to her in the house, but I'm going to focus on the Bent Neck Lady Mm storyline because I think that you need to watch the show. Right. So, um, flash forward to Nell as an adult. Mm -hmm. She is still being haunted by the bent neck lady. So she goes to the doctor to try to, you know, figure out what the hell is going on. Um, and she meets Arthur, I believe is his name. Um, and they fall in love. They do. And for the first time in Nell's life, she does not see the bent neck lady. I know. When she is with Arthur. Um, they get married. It's so cute. It's so cute. I know. So basically the man of her dreams, everything is finally kind of working out Falling for now. Place, yeah. Until one night. Mm-hmm. Um, she wakes up, she's having a night terror, she, you know, can't move. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is a doctor. That's yeah. how they met. Mm-hmm. So he has come up with tricks to help her snap out of the sleep paralysis. So right. as he's trying to help her, he gets up to get her water or mm-hmm. something and he literally just drops dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so sad. Like it's literally devastating. Yeah. Um and wouldn't you know it here comes the bent neck lady mm-hmm. hovering right above him. Mm-hmm. So um it is said that he died of an aneurysm. Mm-hmm. Okay. She doesn't believe that. She doesn't believe that. She thinks that the bent neck lady mm-hmm. is, you know, destroying everything, really. Yeah, and everything just, good in her life. It's right? all her fault, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's, you know, obviously she's officially off the cracker. Right. It was earlier, but now it's really gone. And you know what? We would all be right oh, there my with gosh. you. Absolutely. My heart just like breaks for her. It was so sad. It was like, oh, finally some happiness. And, you know, 
And then, and son nope. of a bitch. You're out. So she's going to the doctor. He's t- telling her to take meds. She's not taking mm-hmm. them. Um, and he says, hey, you know what? You keep saying that all of your problems are stemming from Hill House. Right. Why don't you go to Hill House? It's just a bunch of bricks. Mm-hmm. Why don't you confront it? Mm-hmm. And you'll see that it's just a house. Right. Like it's not haunted. Yeah. And who was the doctor? Oh my God. So the doctor is actually played by the same guy that played Dr. Jacoby in Twin Peaks. Yeah. So no wonder he gave her that shitty advice. Yeah. Girl, hello. <laughs> Did you not watch Dr. Twin Peaks? Jacoby. Yeah. So, um, side note the house has now become famous mm-hmm. um, because the oldest brother, Stephen, like I said, he's a writer, he wrote about the haunting of Hill House. Yeah. Um, so everyone knows in this world, everyone mm-hmm. knows the story of Hill House. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like, yeah, dude, it's just like a bunch of bricks and, you know, it's been locked off since the family moved out. No one has been allowed in the house. Right. They still, like the, the parents still own it. The cranes still own it. We don't at this point know why, like what Mm, happened. Right. Um, again, I'm not going to spoil that. It's for you to find out. A good twist though. A good twist. A good twist. The best. Um, so now... Uh, goes to the house in the middle of the night because, you know, why not? In the middle of the night, girl. Oh, my gosh. It's always like after midnight. Go at like, people... you know, 7 a.m. Girl, that's a haunted house. <laughs> what you doing you there do in the dark? Shit. Right. Uh, she sees the bent neck lady again, you know, as she's traveling there. She pulls up to the house, immediately starts getting creepy. The lights flicker on. All the lights come um, on. When they were little, when the lights flashed two times, that meant come home. Like if Mm -hmm. they were playing, they were to come home. Mm -hmm. And she pulls up and the lights flicker twice. So come home now. Mm -hmm. Um, She goes in. I'm going to make a long story very short because Mm -hmm. it's kind of confusing if you haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. Nell goes into the house. She sees her husband. She sees her. Oh, I know. It's it's so sad. She sees her family, you know, when they were young and happy kind of. um, Yeah. And she's swept up into this, you know, the magic of the house, really, uh, um, in the mystery. And she ends up on a staircase ledge mm-hmm. and she sees her mother and the mother puts a noose around her neck and pushes her off the ledge. Mm-hmm. And she quote unquote kills herself. Right. Um, but you don't know if she actually killed herself or was it the ghosts? Right. But I think that that's, you know. Kind of the point. Right. Um, So as she is dying, though, so you see her drop Mm -hmm. with the noose, Mm -hmm. but she doesn't die immediately. She, like, drops through time. Right. So here is the spoiler alert. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. She drops in on key moments in her own life. Right. So she sees her husband dying. She sees, you know. uh, Her as a kid. Seeing the neck. Yes, so all up until that first night that she saw the bent neck lady at the foot of her bed, Mm -hmm. and you realize that Nell is the bent neck lady. Right. So there is your, Mm -hmm. your, the big twist. Um, She is the ghost that's, she's been haunting herself. Right. Okay. And she's been like taunted with her own suicide Mm -hmm. throughout her entire life. Right. So what I kind of wanted to touch on is I think the show in general does a really great job at 
one, there's magic throughout the entire thing, like right. I said. But it really does intertwine it or use it as a, you know, tool to talk about like grief mm-hmm. and family dynamics mm-hmm. and family secrets and trauma. Um, and dis- yeah, dysfunctionality. Dysfunctionality in the right. family and just uh, it does it in such a beautiful way where it's not hitting you over the head with right. it. Like if you want to just watch it to, for it to for be the, a scary show. Yeah go for it and you'll get that Mm -hmm. but if you want to look a little deeper they're they're really talking about a lot of you know Mm -hmm. i think in just such a beautiful way which is sometimes more scarier than the ghosts you know what i mean like well exactly Mm -hmm. um and so with nell specifically i feel like it's really about how some trauma or for some people trauma Mm -hmm. You don't get away from it. Right. Like it's just, it's there Mm -hmm. and it's part of you and some people don't make it out. Right. Do you know, like that's kind of the sad reality of Mm -hmm. Nell's story. Right. Um, And they use this really beautiful moment where they flash back Mm -hmm. to when they were younger and Nell goes missing in the house Mm -hmm. and no one can find her. Right. Um, but she was standing there the whole time. The whole time. It was just the house playing tricks. Right. Um, because the house is kind of a douchebag. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Um, and they finally find her. Mm-hmm. And she says, I've been here the whole time. Mm-hmm. And you just weren't listening. You, weren't you couldn't attention. see me. Yeah. And so I think that it talks about, you know, like, I feel like the adult version of now was the same thing. Mm-hmm. She was really struggling. She couldn't get over what had happened to them when they were children. And no one kind of took her seriously. Mm-hmm. And it I'm, it can catch up to you, man. Yeah. Um, it's and not. Then, yeah, losing her husband was. Yeah. Like, broke her. Well, and, yeah. You know, and I feel like in several instances throughout the series, she tried to voice that right and nobody was listening no because everyone you know is dealing with their own shit and i kind of wanted to say that it um you know it it, each sibling kind of is dealing with the trauma of what Mm -hmm. happened to them in a different way right so you have nell who's obviously the bent neck lady She's going through that. Then you have Steven, who is in complete denial. He doesn't think that the house was haunted. Uh, You know, he writes these stories about how, but he doesn't believe in it. Right. So he's on the outs pretty much with everybody because he's made a, a vast amount of money telling their stories. Right. He doesn't believe in any of the things he that says they he, went through. Right, he, he saw says nothing. He never saw ghosts. He says that it was all just mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have Shirley, who is like uber controlling, and just she's like runs a funeral home. For runs a sakes. funeral home. She's kind of you know not mm-hmm. obsessed with death, but it's very prominent in her life, and she just has to like have a tight grip on everything. Mm-hmm. Then you have Theodora, who I was almost going to talk about her. Yeah. Her Um, magic. Her magic. So Mm -hmm. I think we need to touch on her. So the thing with Theo is that when she physically touches something, she can feel. She can feel everything. All of its history. All of its. If I'm her and I touch you, Mm -hmm. I know your entire life. I know what pain you're going Mm -hmm. through. I know what you're feeling. So um, she's 
decided to wear gloves Mm -hmm. so she cannot physically touch anyone and so Mm -hmm. she doesn't get that from people so she's closed off and she's cold and Mm -hmm. she's hard and you have Luke, who obviously. But then she talk becomes a child psychologist to try to help to try to help but children. Pers- but personally, she's she's yeah, totally messed cold. Up. Yeah. Um. And then you have Luke, who you're going to talk about. So I think that it really does do a good job at talking about how trauma can affect people in different ways, right? And how it. F- I mean, that shit follows you. Yeah. Um. And how you have like a close-knit group of siblings but yet so far apart because they all drifted it's just too much it's just too much to you know to help somebody through when they're so close to the same thing that you've been through right you know yeah and i think them using it in like a a haunting manner is Mm -hmm. kind of is interesting because it's like you know is it the ghosts is it actually Mm -hmm. ghosts Mm -hmm. or is it this you know these traumatic events Mm -hmm. like which one is it yeah so i think that that's very both terrifying in their own way correct right both you can't like see escape and yeah you can't escape right right so that was kind of my lesson there um now she's a beautiful character oh yeah absolutely and like i said this cast these these folks just did such a great job um playing these characters the, the kids like the young kids and even then into the adulthood i know i feel bad i didn't name any of the kids but mm-hmm. you know me i can't butcher 50 names in one episode <laughs> only 25 <laughs> that's my limit hey you know what <laughs> so do you want to talk about luke so yeah what shirt do i have on today it's my luke shirt you've got your luke i've got shirt my on. gilmore girls luke's luke shirt on but i thought it was appropriate since i'm going to be talking about luke i love it i know so oliver jackson cohen plays luke crane as an adult he's actually an english actor which i thought was very interesting i didn't know that um october 24th is his birthday 1986 makes him a scorpio, scorpio. i'm intrigued I, I know but i am going to to speak about um young Luke as a child because I have never seen a cuter kid in my entire life. Julian Hilliard. Adorable. He plays six-year-old Luke Crane and he was actually cast in this role when he was six. Oh, wow. So he is born on the same day as Mr. Jacob over there on June 20th. -uh. Which makes him a little Gemini Cancer cusp. Love it. Love that combo. I know. So he plays Luke as a child and um, so Luke, the character, is uh, born on February 21st, 1986, which makes him a Pisces, which then also makes Nell a Pisces, mm-hmm. which I think makes for even more interesting character those water babies. development. Those water babies. Pisces is the most psychic of the signs, yeah. the most conflicted, the two fish swimming yeah. you know, against each other. So... Um, it's definitely interesting that uh, that, I like that astrology sign was picked for these two characters. Yeah. So we see Luke as a boy and our first intro into Luke is when young Stephen is um, awoken by Nell crying. And so when he goes in to check on her, um, he looks at Luke and says, why are you awake? And Luke says, well, because Nellie's awake. So they share a room um, and it's the first line gives us a clue as to the relationship between Nell and Luke. Right. So they're very close. Um, 
and they always refer to it as a twin thing. Okay. And so it's a, a very deep psychic bond that the two of them share together. Mm-hmm. Um, when he feels something, she feels it and vice versa. Right. So poor little Luke in his episode, when we first see him, there's a couple things that happen in the house and he is definitely innocent and vulnerable. That kid is so darn cute. And the big (laughs) glasses that he wears and he just, those big eyes. Oh my gosh, he is the cutest kid I've ever seen in my life. I cannot say that enough. Hey, what are you you saying? Okay. Beside you, but he is adorable in the pocket. I would take him home. So, um, a few things happen to him in the house and he first talks about um, he's kind of like, you know, when you have older siblings and they're they're just kind of, you know, put up with you. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they kind of shuffle him off yeah, a yeah. good bit. And he's kind of a little softer spoken than Nell, where Nell's like a little pistol and he's a little softer spoken. And so he's a little shy, but he has made a friend and her name is Abigail. And everybody thinks she's um, imaginary um, because they never see her. And you'll find out later, and I'm not going to spoil that, that um, she is real. Mm -hmm. And um, so... Very early on, we see that nobody believes him when he speaks or they don't believe anything that he says. And that becomes a real issue for him in his lifetime. Okay. So the next scene that we go to is we see him. There's a dumbwaiter in the kitchen and he's very fascinated by it and he wants to take a ride. Mm -hmm. And so he's in there and Theo comes in. And he says, I, I can't give myself a ride on the dumbwaiter because I can't close the door and lift it. And so she agrees to send him up the dumbwaiter. But when she presses the button, it takes him down to the basement. Oh, shit. Mama, which is not on the floor plan and technically should not be there. Oh, right? shit. So he secret goes, room. Secret room. He goes down there. It's very dark. It's scary. And he has his little flashlight. But other than that, pitch black and something comes crawling. And I'll tell you nope. what, that thing was scary as shit. Did he poop himself? Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, you mean, you kind of think of this as these young kids as actors. I know. Like, how do they not have nightmares? Like, For real. you know what I mean? Right. So in my research, I did read where the parents did not let either of these little kids watch the series. Oh, really? You know, so I guess when you're filming, it's completely different. You know it's what like I mean? It's choppy. Kind it's chopped of, yeah. up. And yeah, so they didn't watch it because it was too scary. You know what I mean? But um, so, yeah, that was the first thing because then she couldn't get him back up the dumbwaiter and he was stuck down there and he nope. was terrified and as he very well should have been and you will never recover I from that know. so the next um important thing is uh, so all of the belongings were left in this house it's a creepy house and man so the mom was like separating out the stuff like hey we want to keep this and it's worth some money and we can make some money on it or this is going to you know we're just pitching this out and there was this derby hat and he said, can I have this? And oh my gosh, when she put that on his head, it is Adorable. so cute because it was too big for him. <laughs> but apparently that little hat belonged to somebody because that night when he went to bed, you start hearing this like cane knocking on the floor and out comes this ghost that is floating like a foot 
off the ground. Nope. And he's banging his cane as he moves. And he looks like he's like eight feet tall. And he's turning the little doorknobs, the doorknobs in that thing. Beautiful. I mean, beautiful. <laughs> On know, a side interesting. note. On a side note. Love but he the g- hardware. <laughs> love, <yeah. laughs> love the hardware. He goes in and he like, Luke goes under the bed and he's shaking and he lifts up the skirt of the bed and he's looking for that hat because it belongs to Bitch, him. Bitch, that's mine. Dude, that poor kid. Me with my knit hat. <laughs> yeah, somebody took your knit hat. Bitch, that is mine. I'm coming, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. Oh my God. But um, yeah, so those are two incidences that happen in the house that absolutely pretty much scarred him for life. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. And the fact that nobody believed him specifically the dad yeah. you know and just kind of brushed him off um is something that he carried with him into adulthood right so cut to luke as an adult and the first time we see him is he's coming down the stairs of his brother's home mm-hmm. um, and he's got a camera and a laptop And so we learn that he has drug addiction issues. Right. And he has for pretty much most of his adult life. Um, And he appears to be stealing from his brother. So that's a problem because he they had sent him to rehab several times. Mm -hmm. He was supposed to be in rehab at this time. And he was 90 days. He got his 90 day chip for being clean so now when he's confronted by his brother who's coming home he's like oh well you know because that was kind of typical behavior for typical him. behavior yeah. but as he's telling him it's not what you think he gets the usual i don't believe you right. which is a trigger for him you know what right, i mean right. so basically steve says hey i need the stuff here's 200 bucks we learn later in the episode that he actually was not you know taking drugs but he looks like he has you know um fell you know he looks sick he looks sick he's complaining that he's freezing his neck hurts and um you know he doesn't look good and so obviously you can see why he might think that you know he had gone back to taking drugs right so we learn later in the episode that while he's in rehab there's a woman that has befriended him named joey And kind of as a support system for him. Mm -hmm. And she actually escapes or she flees the the rehabilitation center. And he's afraid that she's going to, you know, fall off, fall off the wagon. And so he leaves to try to help her. And that is why he was taking this stuff, because he wanted to try to get some money and get them a hotel room so he could keep her safe. Right. So unfortunately for poor Luke, and he's trying to save her, but he can't really even save himself. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and so she kind of plays him. And so when he gets the money, um, which he has really, you know, made himself look bad in front of his brother. And she pick, she picks his pocket. And says she's just going to go to the bathroom and then she never comes back. And she's dipped out and see ya. And it's crushing. And like you can see him. And just seeing him trying to maintain being clean and having to go into that alley where all of those addicts were. And try to find her like he's calling for her and she's gone. Um, And then he ends up getting mugged. They take his shoes. So, I mean, he's just he's in a bad way. 
and he starts getting terrified and he starts reverting almost back into that childlike state. And so when he was a kid and he would get scared, Nell told him just count to seven because it's the seven people. It's mom, it's dad, Theo, Steve, you know, the all seven of us. And so he would count to seven. And so you see him like counting to seven because behind him, is that freaking man. That freaking tall ass man with the top hat. I mean, damn, he has his hat now. What the hell does he want? But he has followed him just like you were talking about now, has plagued him pretty much throughout his life. He just right. keeps, you know, haunting him. So no wonder this kid is messed up. And pretty much he is um, estranged from his siblings because he's you know, taking advantage of them. Yeah. He's lied. He's stolen. And the only one that has never really given up on him is now. And it's sad because at his lowest point, when he decides he's going to check himself into rehab, yeah. she's going to take him. And he has her stop and asks her to go buy him drugs because he needs one more hit before he can go in. And she does it for him. And it's so sad at that point because she's messed up over the death of her husband. Uh And she has tried to talk to each of her other siblings and they've pretty much blown her off because they have their own shit going on. But she's trying to tell him that she's in a bad way. And he's just like, he's checked out. He can't. I mean, he can't, you know. And and so um, amongst her pain, you know, and it kind of leads to what you were saying is nobody sees me. Like, I'm talking to you. I'm a ghost. I'm a ghost. Mm -hmm. You don't see me. She goes and gets the drugs for him. What's interesting is when they continually talk about that twin thing and the fact that they feel each other's pain, um, he has to know on some level every time he shoots up, she feels it. Well, right, because when she, in her episode, when she goes to the doctor, mm-hmm. he says, like, well, how is Luke? And mm-hmm. she says, well, he must be clean because I feel, like, I feel sick. And he, mm-hmm. he must be going through withdrawal because I feel withdrawal symptoms. Yeah. So, yeah. So right. if he's getting high mm-hmm. on some level. Yeah. And there's some point where Theo says Nell is like a half crazy and one foot in crazy town and one foot on a banana peel or something. And they liken that to the, like she's got her own issues, but she also takes on Luke's because they're so interconnected. Yeah. Um, So that also then plays on his guilt. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Because he knows and he can't control it. You know what I mean? So it's very sad all the way around. The difference between the two of them is even though they grew up as twins, they both ended up leading very different lives because she found love and acceptance and happiness. And he never did. Like he was always out there kind of on his own and alone and scared. And like he didn't go to her wedding. The other siblings wouldn't allow him because he was messed up. But she wanted him there. Like she was sad that he wasn't there. Yeah. I mean, they were like simpatico for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So at the end of the episode where we see like that Luke is, you know, been thugged, like beaten by thugs and robbed and all that. We Steve comes and he tells her tells Luke that Nell is dead. And so we're realizing that what he was feeling was her. She was cold. Right. And his neck was hurting because her neck was broken. 
And so, excuse me while I go cry. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's so heartbreaking. Um, and then, so what does that mean for Luke? Here he is 90 days clean. And now, now his like rock other limb yeah. is, is gone. And so what, you know, how that plays itself out in the, in the, you know, upcoming episodes. One of the things for me is when they're at the funeral home that just resonates so much with me, me and Jake were talking about it earlier, is when he goes up to the casket and she's little. Like she's the little. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's it's weird. Or maybe it's the dad. The, I think it's the dad. Okay. That goes yeah, up yeah. and she's the little, the little child. Yeah. And I think as a parent... That's how you always see your children as your little babies. And so that like hit me so hard because it's like it doesn't matter, you know, what your kids have done in their life, what roads they have taken, what choices they have made. You always see them as those little babies. And it's it's like a pain that you can't. You I know, can, yeah, I can't imagine that I you mean, can't imagine. Yeah. yeah. So that was very um, emotional for me. But so just what Luke goes through is basically he decides that he is going to go get revenge on the house because the house has literally taken everything away from him. It has taken his mother. It has taken his childhood. It has taken his adulthood. He's become dependent on drugs because of the childhood trauma that he endured in the house. Right. Um, So he's basically had no life. Um, It all of his other siblings are gone away from him. He has nobody. And now Nell is gone. And so he decides he's going to go. And I think he knows when he goes there, he's not going to make it out. Right, right. And he doesn't care at that point. And, but he's going to take the house with him. And so he goes and he's going to burn that bitch to the ground. Dude, I would have tried a long ass time ago. Mm-hmm. When that motherfucker came for his house, I'd have been like, time to burn this shit to the burn ground. Burn this bitch down. Mm-hmm. But he gets in there and tries to light it on fire and the house says, I ain't having none of that. And then he sees his mom. As the ghost. And so, you know, he's under the spell. And so we see a point where Luke, it looks like Luke does not make it. Right. And the other siblings and the father end up in the house. Um, But Nell saves them and and saves Luke. And so she's still with him and she saves him so he can live for the both of them. And so you see kind of at the end him celebrating his two year sobriety and he's getting on with life. And but, you know, it's just heartbreaking. Oh, my God. It It really is. It's very heart wrenching. But in the most like relatable and beautiful way, like don't let it deter you. I know it sounds like uber sad, (laughs) but it's it's um, it's beautiful. It it is very beautiful. And like real things that people go through, even though they put a horror spin on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's real life things that happen to families that happen to people. And, you know, I find it interesting when they tell the story of each sibling and their perception of things and how they happened and how it affected them. And I talk about, I have said that to you before, I Mm -hmm. think of, of how I think often, like, you know, say you are in a, you know, a weird relationship with someone, a family Mm -hmm. member, and they say, you know, 
this is my pain and this is how I feel about what happened in this situation and you say something different. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have the right to tell you that you didn't, like, everyone perceives it different. That your feelings aren't valid. Right. right. Like, everyone's perception of mm-hmm. trauma or pain is completely different. So, you know, it, it, I don't know. I just think that they really showed that. They did a great job They that. really did. It was really great. Fantastic writing. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Like some of the best. Yeah. And I thought it just came out last year because we literally watch it every we year watch it in every October. Year. Because it's so great. And we binge it. Yeah. So besides, you know, like the deep stuff we're talking about, it's sca- like it. Oh, it's scary. There's a lot of good scares in there. <laughs> there's a few pee pants, up, you know, and, moments. Right. And there's even more magic that you know like we said with theo and the house itself so i would really strongly encourage you to watch it and i believe both of the kids they're mediums exactly absolutely 100 percent. right so and we talked i think last week's episode about children being so open yes you know to those types of things so it's like free flowing Mm -hmm. and then the mom was definitely a medium and you know her connection with the two little ones with the twins with the twins was yeah yeah yeah, I mean, I think that they did such a good job at showing like magic and paranormal, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, not in like a cheesy, right? You know, like the movie, incorporated <laughs> with real life, yes, emotions and situations. Correct. Yeah, yeah, top notch. Honestly, I don't mm-hmm. even have who like directed it, Jake. Mm-mm. If you want to fact check me on that, because I do feel like there is one episode. Um where it was done in like two takes it's one of those that was like done oh my gosh i think it was like a 20 minute like yeah one shot one shot the creator and director is mike flanagan there you go mike flanagan that sounds familiar i don't know i don't know him no i think that goes back to kevin smith no okay (laughs) (laughs) like do i know him are we friends um so yeah that is nell and Luke from mm-hmm. Haunting of Hill House. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to do it in October. Had to do and it. I mean, hey, yeah. Guess what? What? So on today. Yeah. On today. On today. Obviously, we filmed this, you know, beforehand. Uh-huh. Right. But when this episode drops, the second season is coming out. The new season. And they're kind of doing like a what's it called? What's that show? Um, American Horror Thank Story. Thank you. Where it's the same actors mm-hmm. and actresses, um, but a, a different, different haunting. Line. So this one is called The Haunting of Bly Manor. And we will see Nell and Luke again, but not as Nell and Luke. Correct. Oh yeah. my God, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I literally sounded like Kermit the Frog right there. You can't tell me. <laughs> you cannot tell me different. Um, but we're going to be binge watching it and we mm-hmm. hope you are. And oh my God, please like reach out to us on social yeah. media and let, let us know. know how you're liking it. And please yeah. go watch the show. I know mm-hmm. I sound like a broken record, but why are you here if you don't mm-hmm. want recommendations? Watch that freaking show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do it. Okay. And with that, you know what time it is. Killer quotes. Killer quotes of the week. Woohoo. All right. Mine is I loved you completely and you loved me the same. That's all. The rest is confetti. Nell Crane. I love it. Me too. Okay. Mine is. I don't know how to do this without you. Ouch. Okay. Luke. Why Crane. you got, why you got to do that? 
<laughs> I'm going to go cry myself to sleep. Oh my gosh. And hey, um, next week is when we're going to start our listeners submitting killer quotes of the week. So if you want to be the killer quote of the week yes. and you want a little shout out from Uncle Bob's, please follow us on social media yes. and we will tell you what to do. Up top. Up top. All right. All right, man. Another one in the books. I hope you guys are being spooky out there. Yes. It's chilling and chilly. Chilly in <laughs> Seattle. Chilling and chilly. We're chilling and it's chilly. <laughs> oh got God. your blankie on. All Whatever. Right. All right. We got to go. <laughs> TTFN, guys. All right. Cut, print, check the gate. Moving on.